If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hey everybody, welcome back to On Deck. This is the PC gaming podcast that is heavily focused on the Steam Deck. I hope that you all are having a fantastic day. If you are here with me live, thank you very much. If you didn't know, I do record the show live over on my YouTube channel on Mondays uh, at 4.30 U.S. Eastern. And there's a bunch of people who are already here. And for that, I really do appreciate all of you. Hope you're having a great day. Let's start uh, talking about uh, everything uh, Steam Deck related. And I want to start with a couple of things that are off the top of the show. Things that happened recently before, after I had finished the show notes and that I wanted to address. And the first one of those things is Project Kill Switch. Now, if you don't know what Project Kill Switch is, it is, it is essentially a case for the Steam Deck that that is being made by dbrand. And uh, recently, dbrand kind of got into some hot water. Now, I'm going to give a little history on this before I talk about the hot water. And let's start back to when the Steam Deck got announced. They had this really odd way of doing orders, uh, where as long as you had a Steam account before they announced it, uh, you could go onto Steam, you could pay five bucks for a reservation spot in line, and then as the reservations came through, they would give they would send you an email basically inviting you to um, buy your Steam Deck, and then it would get shipped to you. And a lot of people were kind of weirded out about that way of doing things. I thought it was really good because it meant that I could get in line and then just wait my turn rather than fighting with everybody at Best Buy or GameStop or Walmart or Target to try and get my hands on an actual Steam Deck. I think that that was a good plan. When they made that plan, uh, the people over at dbrand, I think they looked at it and they said, well, if we kind of copy their way of doing it and then announce uh, our case for the Steam Deck, people are like people are already like talking about that weird way of ordering things. So let's do that, too. And they did kind of the same thing where they allowed you to put $3 down. And then when it's your turn to actually buy one, which, by the way, September 25th is the day when it's supposed to happen, you can do it. Uh, the one big difference between those two things is that Valve told you exactly how much the Steam Deck that you were buying was going to cost ahead of time. And dbrand did not. And a lot of people pre-ordered the dbrand case because it's only three bucks. And if you change your mind, I'm sure that they would give you a refund. Well, earlier, well, actually, kind of like this weekend, I think it was, they posted this over on the official, official, the, the unofficial Steam Deck uh, subreddit. And here's what they said they said, Project Kill Switch update number four, release date and price. Uh, let's get right to the point. Project Kill Switch launches at 8 p.m. Eastern Daylight Eastern Daylight Time on September 25th. 
it'll be available in two different configurations. The Essential Kit will cost $60 and includes the case, the magnetic kickstand, and the customizable skin. For an extra $15, you can get the travel kit, which will give you the travel cover and stick grips. Uh, and then they also said, uh, essentially, if you want to also get a, oh, what's the word that I'm looking for, uh, uh, a screen protector, that was also going to cost extra. And this got a lot of people really, really mad at them because a lot of people, and I think myself included, assumed that all of that stuff was going to come with your order when you bought your, um, uh, what was it called? Kill switch. When you brought your project kill switch, but that's not the case. Now there, there've been a lot of vitriol pointed towards D brand direction, basically saying, Hey, that's not cool. Um, we all thought that it was going to be this, and now you're kind of doing a bait and switch. And I'm not going to defend them, and I'm not going to pile on. Uh, anytime any you know a large group of people start piling on, it always ends up bad. Uh, but what I will say is that I was surprised by this too. I will also say the fact that they never told us the price before means that they actually didn't in maybe i'm wrong about this but i feel like if they never told us the price before then they actually didn't do a bait and switch but that doesn't mean that they are doing the right thing and i feel like what they really should have done uh if they really wanted to make this uh if they wanted to do it right what they really should have done is do their little uh their project launch and then have a bunch of checkboxes. Like you go to buy it and you say, all right, well, I want the case and I want the cover and I want the sticks, but I don't want the screen protector. Uh, especially as somebody who has the 512 with the anti-glare screen. Like if I point this at my my light, if you're watching this on the YouTube channel, uh, you can see that I've got the anti-glare screen. If I turn it on, it might actually see something. Uh, you know, you can still kind of see what's going on although that's a really bright light. I don't want to cover up my anti-glare screen with a screen protector from dbrand. That kind of defeats the point of me having the anti-glare screen. And maybe they'll have an anti-glare screen protector, but I don't want to add an extra layer. Um, so there's a lot of people who, A, already bought a screen protector, don't want one, or B, have the 512 version, in which case they may not want a screen protector on there, and they just wanted the case and the travel cover. So... I can understand why they would sell that separately. That way, I'm not paying for something that I don't want. But it's so easy for them to fix this, to just put on their website, here's the prices for everything. You buy what you want instead of trying to put things in all these different categories. And I, I feel like they definitely dropped the ball on this and it hurt them bad. And it doesn't help that their their marketing is always like supposed to be these what's um uh smarmy snotty robots or something it's just it's kind of funny like on a one-off but for the most part it just seems stupid to me uh so overall i don't like what they did i do think that there's a solution and hopefully they will listen to the community and, and do that solution but i also don't think that they're mustache twirling evildoers either there, it's not black and white, everybody. There's uh, a little bit of gray here. All right. 
Anyway, let's move on to another off the top before we get to the stuff that you guys sent in. And this one is a tweet from Lawrence Yang. Lawrence Yang tweeted this out. He said, for those who are curious, yes, Steam Deck order emails are going out on Labor Day. I'm recording this on Labor Day, by the way. Uh, They just went out. We also bumped up the number of order emails per batch within today's release. And then he said, FYI, these emails can take some time to percolate through the Internet. It's a series of tubes. If you don't know that reference about it's a series of tubes, go ahead and Google it. It's ridiculous. Um, You can also see if your number is up by going directly to uh, store.steampower.com slash Steam Deck while logged in and check your reservation status. So, uh, again, we got a bunch of people who got their uh, their or their email orders today. If you are watching this on the YouTube channel and you got your order, let me know in the comments. I want to know uh, when you're getting yours and what's the first game that you're going to play. But that's awesome. There's a lot of people who uh, are getting these devices in their hands for the very first time. If you are one of those people, then make sure you check out all of the tutorials and tips and hints and stuff that I have over on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash nerdnest. All right, moving on to Deals on Deck. Deals on Deck is when I find a deal that I think that you guys will like, and this one comes to us from Fanatical, and it is the Platinum Collection Build Your Own Bundle for September. I guess they do one of these every month. I feel like as somebody who has been primarily a console gamer for a really long time, I mean, like I had a PC, but most of my gaming was on a console um, I missed out on a lot of really good deals and uh, fanatical has this build your own bundle where they've got, you can do three games for 10 bucks, five games for 15 bucks or seven games for 19 bucks. And they got, uh, they've got a bunch of games for you to choose from. One of those is 2016 doom, which until doom eternal came out, that was my favorite single player first person shooter ever. I love doom 2016. It's absolutely fantastic. And you can get that plus two other games for $10. If you are watching this, there is an affiliate link in the description uh, down below or in the show notes as well. Uh, Just make sure that you guys check that out. Uh, But you can also get other games. And I'm curious, first off, which pack would you go for? Would you go for the three pack, the five pack, or the seven pack? And which games would you get? So for me, if I didn't already have most of these games, I would would probably... Okay. If I were designing a pack that I think would be a really good value, I would get Doom, I would get Red Faction Guerrilla Remastered, which is a terrible name, Um, and I would probably also get, looking at the rest of these, probably Neon Abyss. I think that those are uh, a pretty good trio of games. Anyway, let me know which games that you all would pick up uh, over there. All right, speaking of games, let's talk a minute about games that I have been playing Um, I have been playing Divinity Original Sin 2. If you have not played that game, you got to pick it up. It's awesome. So Divinity Original Sin 2 is a um, tabletop style uh, or or, um, not tabletop style. Well, it's it's a it's very based on tabletop um, uh, RPG games and it's beautiful. It's got a really unique setting where you play essentially as a sorcerer and the, the when i say sorcerer i don't want you to think sorcerer like D. you're basically this magic wielder who has contact with this thing called the source and when you cast source magic 
which is very bad to do, like these monsters come and kill everybody around you. So at the very beginning of the game, you have like this collar put on you that keeps you from casting source magic. And you are being basically transported to a prison island where all of the other sorcerers are there and they're all chained up or not chained up, but they all have these collars on too so that they can't do it. It's a really, really cool game. It runs fantastically well on the Steam Deck. And the 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 fact that I have a decent gaming PC and a Steam Deck and Steam Cloud saves means that I can go back and forth between these two really, really well. And this is a game by Larian Studios who, when the Steam Deck originally came out, Larian Studios said, hey, we are basically really going to heavily be supporting the Steam Deck. We are going to use the Steam Deck as one of our targets for what we want to aim for when we are making our games. One of the games that they are working on is the uh, the third Baldur's Gate game, uh, which is awesome, by the way. I played that on Stadia. I don't have it on PC yet. I'm waiting until they are done with development because it is an early access game. And uh, I've already a couple of times had my progress wiped out because they get to a certain point in development and they're like, well, it's early access for the next patch your old saves are not compatible anymore. So we got to wipe it. So uh, I, I think Larian Studios, fantastic, fantastic studio. I think that they do a really good job. And I'm looking forward to Baldur's Gate 3. Uh, but if you're looking for something very D&D-like to play right now on your Steam Deck, I would highly recommend Divinity Original Sin 2. And I think I've been playing the Definitive Edition. It's absolutely fantastic. You're going to like that game if you like D&D and that kind of stuff. All right. Let's move on to the topics that the, like the main topics of the show today. And we've got a few main topics uh, that, that you all sent in by heading on over to nerdnest.tv slash submit. And a big thank you to everybody who did that. Our first main topic today comes into us uh, from Batman 66. And they said, Bill, I came to the Steam Deck from consoles. I never used Steam before, but did you see that Valve announced that there are now over 5,000 games on Steam Deck? For a new platform, this has to be some kind of record. What are some of your favorite games to play on the Steam Deck? For me, it was Cyberpunk 2077, The Witcher 3, and Elden Ring. Love the show and stay rad, Batman 66. Yeah, well, first off, Batman 66, thank you for sending in that topic. I would quibble just a little bit because the steam deck is as valve puts it just a pc i i would say that it's not really a new platform but it's new to you and i've said that a million times where you know when people get mad about remakes or something you know just don't buy it but if it's not new to you then don't pick it up but if it's new to you then it's new to you and it doesn't really matter that it came out before if you've never played it before then it's new to you and for uh, Batman, I think it was 66, this is a new platform to them. And there's a lot of people out there who only play console games, and the Steam Deck is going to be their first PC. And it launches with thousands of games. And I know that it's 5,000 games. That was the the thing that, that Valve had tweeted out. Uh, here's the tweet, actually. They said, oh, hey, Another big milestone. We just passed 5,000 tested, verified, and playable titles on Steam Deck. Plenty more to go. So many games on Steam, but just wanted to take a moment to celebrate. And I will say this. 
5,000 games. Does that mean that there's 5,000 games on, on uh, the, that you can play on Steam Deck? No, there's actually more than that because I think that there's 50,000 games on Steam and, of course, some of those won't work. But there's a lot of them that they haven't tested yet that will work. So I would say that there's plenty more than 5,000 games on Steam Deck. But I would also say... And we're going to talk about this later on in the show because there's a problem that Valve has that they can't fix on their own. They need help from us and other developers in order to fix this. I don't know if it's ever going to get fixed. But there's also games that could get verified, but then a patch happens later that screws up the verification. And I don't know if Valve goes through and retroactively removes that fancy green checkmark. And that's something that you got to keep in mind. Now, the other thing that uh, Batman <laughs> that Batman sent in that they wanted to know, what are some of my favorite games to play on the Steam Deck? Well, the ones that you listed, I'm just going to bring it up again. Um, a Cyberpunk 2077, The Witcher 3, Elden Ring. I would say that uh, for me, Witcher 3 and Elden Ring are both really good games. And I, I play those on deck. Uh, they're really good. I also really like Rogue Legacy 2 fantastic i've been playing curse to golf i just talked about divinity original sin uh but then there's also games like the elder scrolls series you got skyrim which we'll talk about in a second uh there's so many games on the steam deck and there's so many fantastic games that you probably missed out on because you were a console user so you've got a lot to look forward to um fender 178 in chat says one game to my knowledge that works that was untested, was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Kawabunga Collection. That reminds me, another one of my favorite games on the Steam Deck is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. Absolutely wonderful game. Um, Dylan Williams says, Bioshock Infinite now has issues. We are going to talk about that in a little bit. And uh, Zanzibumi, I think they said, uh, it said, Tekken, Monster Train, Mafia were all unplayable but I think that they actually do work because I'm not sure I haven't tried it, but, but let me know anyway. Uh, thank you very much for that topic. And if you want to send in topics, nerdnest.tv slash submit. All right. Le- um, Ooh, hold on a sec. Before I move on launch Kaiser asked, did you try out grim dong on the deck? I down, I, I bought it. It was on sale. I bought it and I installed it. And then when I started it, it came up and said, um, you, you can't run this because you have to like some UI thing. There was a bug of some cor- some sort. So I ended up returning it, but then a bunch of people told me that I should actually try it again. Cause it works really well. And I haven't picked it back up because I just have so many games to play right now. All right, let's move on to our second main topic for today. And our sub- second main topic uh, comes into us from a patient gamer. Uh, they said, I saw that the August list of top games on Steam Deck was released with Vampire Survivors still going strong. I don't have a Steam Deck yet, but I'm buying some of these games so that when mine gets here in Q4, I can hit the ground running. Which games from this list do you recommend? Keep up the great work. I love the podcasts, A Patient Gamer. Thank you so much for sending that in. And yeah, We just got, uh, every month, Valve sends out a list of the most played games on Steam Deck. And this one, oh man, this month, there are so many good games on this list. So let's look at the list. Uh, They tweeted this out. Uh, The the top 10 games on Steam Deck for the month of August by hours played. 
Number one was Vampire Survivors, and then I'm going to go through the list. Cult of the Lamb, Elden Ring, Marvel's Spider-Man Remastered, Stardew Valley, No Man's Sky, Hades, Multiverses, Elder Scrolls Skyrim Special Edition, and Monster Hunter Rise. Now, of those games, I have not played Marvel's Spider-Man Remastered, and I have not played No Man's Sky, and I have not played Hades. I've played all of these other games, and they are all awesome games. And somebody might say, well, Bill, why didn't why didn't you play Spider-Man? Like, that's like this really big deal to get on, on the Steam Deck. I haven't played it yet because I have a PS5, and I subscribe to the PS Plus, whatever it is. And so I'm not going to buy it for the Steam Deck because I already have it as part of my subscription. So I haven't uh, played that one yet. And Kodiak Moonwolf in chat is like, what? You haven't played Hades? That's not necessarily true. It's part of Game Pass. And so I played it for about 15 minutes and then it was like, ah, I got other stuff I got to do. And I never got back to it. Um, But of the games that are on that list that I have played, every single one of them is fantastic. Every single one of those games is incredibly fun. And I would definitely recommend that you pick them all up if you can get them on sale. Would I pick them all up ahead of time so that I have them to play on the Steam Deck day one? I don't think so. And the reason I don't think so is because, as I said earlier on in the show, there's tons and tons of sales always happening on, or on <clears throat> I almost said on Valve, on Steam. There's tons of sales always happening. So buying a game right now that you're not going to play right now is just going to add to what I would call what, what everybody calls the backlog, which means it's a game that you own, but you haven't played yet. Somebody sent in a comment on the YouTube channel and they said, well, the steam deck is the backlog destroyer. And for me, it's the opposite. My backlog has only gotten larger since I got the steam deck because of all of these sales. So Don't buy these games right away. Wait until you get your Steam Deck. When you get your Steam Deck, pick one game, play that a bunch, and then get get the next one. That's my recommendation uh, to you. Fender178 in chat says, I have a huge backlog between Steam and GOG games. Um, Excuse me. Heisenthal in chat says, one thing I've noticed, at least for myself, is when I don't feel like getting back into the game, I just tell myself just five minutes, and I usually end up playing it for hours. Um, Zan Simbushi, man, your name is hard for me to pronounce. I'm just going to call you Zan. Uh, Zan in chat says, just add everything to the wish list as we all do. Winter is coming. And by what they probably mean by that is winter sales as well, as well. Uh, Caitlin Ma in chat says the backlog, AKA 90% of my steam library. Uh, (laughs) so there's tons of games. That's absolutely true. You don't have to buy them all now, especially if you're not going to play them right now. Thanks for sending in that topic. Uh, let's move on to our third main topic for today. And our third main topic today comes in to us from Kirk out 34. They said, Bill, you said last episode that you didn't see a good reason for a low powered steam deck. Well, it seems that people at Valve disagree with you. Greg Coomer was interviewed and he said that they make that they may make the next Steam Deck a streaming machine. I for one hope that they don't as I agree with you and prefer to have my games installed loyalty, uh, not loyalty, lo- locally. Will you get a streaming Steam Deck? Kirk out 34. Thanks for sending in that topic, Kirk. Um no, I won't get one. That being said, 
I don't like unitaskers. I like multitaskers. And if I can play a game on my Steam Deck and stream a game on my Steam Deck, then why would I get an extra thing? That being said, it's not that I hope that they don't make one because that's going to make them not make a local storage one. I don't think that's necessarily the case. It's just going to be an option. If they do it, it would be an option. So they would still make all the, all the ones that are like the ones that we have now, but then they would also make a cloud one. Now, for those of you that didn't see the, uh, the interview, uh, this is what Greg Coomer actually said. Uh, Greg Coomer admitted, there'll certainly be another generation of Steam Decks on the horizon. Here's the quote. Unless something major changes, development of the Steam Deck will continue. The theme, size, and shape will change, and it might even become a streaming machine. This is from GameDeveloper.com. So, again, I don't think that they're talking about making a, a, steam, a streaming Steam machine in, in place of what we have now as a Steam Deck, but in addition to, so that the people who have big, fancy $3,000 PCs, they can play at their house streaming from their stream uh, from their PC to this streaming device without paying extra for the stuff that maybe they don't want to use. Is that for you? Maybe not. It's not for me, but that doesn't mean that I don't want them to make it. That's like saying that I don't want them to make a TV show because I'm not interested in that TV show make a TV show. I just won't watch it. And there's going to be plenty of people who will watch it. Make this streaming Steam Deck. I'm not going to buy it, but there's going to be a lot of people who would, and it's going to be good for those people. And somebody might be like, well, I don't, I don't want them to make it because that takes resources away from making the other Steam Decks. And again, I don't think that Valve would do that if they didn't have a solution for that. So I don't, I'm I'm personally not going to buy one, but I don't I wouldn't get upset if they do make one. Um, Athen Immortal says I hope they still continue to iterate on the deck because the next gen of AMD APUs in the on five nanometer with Zen four could be a huge leap ahead. I agree with that. Um, let's see. President Tom says personally watching that interview, I feel like they were just kind of leaving it open and not outright denying the idea. I would agree with that too. Uh, you don't want to say no to something and then turn around and actually do that. Uh, that would be uh, a bad thing. Uh, Leaf Storm Blaze in chat says, we, ha we have our phones and Steam Link for that, LOL. And I would say possibly, I don't want to use my phone. I never like using my phone for gaming. I have GeForce Now. I have Stadia Pro. I don't use my phone for that because my phone is a communications device and a thing for me to watch YouTube on. I don't play games on it, and I don't like clamping controls to the side of my phone. I very much prefer to have a device that has the controls built in. So for me, I, I don't want to use my phone for that. And I think that there's a lot of people who don't, but if they do, that is certainly an option. You're not wrong about that. All right. Let's move on to our fourth. Oh, <laughs> Bad Samaritan says, are they going to call it a stream deck? Logitech. Is it Logitech? Who makes the stream deck? Elgato. Uh, Elgato would lose their minds if they did that. <laughs> That'd be too funny. All right. Let's move on to our fourth main topic today. And our fourth main topic today comes into us from GF. 
Uh, they said, hey, Bill, I love the Steam Deck, but I wish Valve would make more games. Aperture, Aperture Desk Job was super fun, but over way too fast. I don't have a VR headset, and I probably won't get one for a while. I really want Valve to finally release Half-Life 3. I saw this interview with Greg Coomer where he said that Valve still has lots of people working on game development. Uh, why do we never see games for them? Love the show. Well, thank you very much, GF, for sending that in. Um, why don't we see games from them? Uh, well, we do see games from them. I mean, I know that you don't have a VR headset and I don't have a VR headset, but they did release Half-Life Alex. Greg Coomer did say lots. Well, let's go to what he did say. Here's the quote. Uh, he says, uh, this is in an interview with PC Gamer. He says, Valve has lots of games in development. We will continue to release games. Game development is very important to Valve. I don't know the exact numbers, but the percentages of employees involved in game developments is high. A lot of people are involved. I mean, there's no definitive numbers there. We have no idea if 10% of the people working at Valve is a high number to Greg Coomer, or if 90% of the people at Valve is a high number, according to Greg Coomer. He didn't get specific about how many people are working on it. Do I think he's being disingenuous? Absolutely not. I just think that Valve, boy, they have had hit after hit after hit. I think the only game that they have launched that was poorly received was that card game. And that's that's only like maybe it wasn't poorly received and I just didn't care about it. So I didn't pay attention to it. Like they had some card game that was supposed to be like a Hearthstone competitor or something. Um, but for the most part. Every game that Valve has has launched has done extremely well. And because of that, or well, not because of that, and that is due to the fact that Valve has really high standards when it comes to releasing their games. I would say that because Valve is not a publicly traded company, when they decide to just throw a game away, the suits that I will often refer to when I talk about other companies that they don't get there and say, you know what, we really need the, this to hit our fourth quarter uh, numbers. So we got to ship this game anyway, whether it's ready or not. And that's a good thing, but it's also a bad thing because that also means because there's no, uh, you know, uh, mustache twirling money man standing there to 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 get the developers to finally put a cap on it and say, you know what, we don't need this feature creep, which is what's happening here. Let's put a cap on this and ship our game. Because what I think might happen a lot at Valve is they continually iterate on something and they keep making it better and better and they keep adding new features and that extends how long it takes for development. And that's why development takes so long at Valve. And that means that, means that they make really good games because of that. So... You know, you look at companies that put out tons and tons of games. A lot of those games don't hit the quality mark that we see from Valve. So I do want them to take their time. But at the same time, my brain, when I saw the end of Half-Life 2 Episode 2, I was like, well, I got to know what happens next. And we still don't know. And I haven't played Half-Life Alex because I don't have a VR headset. Um, but I've heard it was a really, really good game. And Portal 2 was amazing. No Portal 3. Uh, Left 4 Dead 2 was amazing. No Left 4 Dead 3. So we've got all these games where 
Valve does a thing, they do really well, and then they pivot and move to something else. And do I want them to go back and bring back these franchises? Absolutely. But I also want them to make new stuff. And just because we don't see it doesn't mean that it's not happening. That being said, who knows what's going on uh, there, and maybe we won't ever see anything. Uh, Heisenthal says, isn't Half-Life 3 expectation so high above the roof now that there's no way they can ever meet that expectation now? So it's better to just let the sleeping dragon lie? I would say uh, possibly, um, maybe, but I would also say that, uh, hold on, I got to put a user in timeout here because they're spamming me. Go away, whatever your name is. Um, I got to say that even if that's true, even if it, it, every game that gets announced, it always gets unrealistic expectations. It always does. Every single game that gets announced, some people get so excited about that, that they get unrealistic expectations. And then when that game comes out, some people are disappointed with it. And some people are really happy with it. Me personally, I always leave my expectations at the door when I walk into the nerd nest here to sit down and play a game. Even if I've been watching a, uh, the you know trailers for the game and watching gameplay for a game and everything that I see about it, I'm really, really hyped for. As soon as I walk in here to sit down and play a game for the first time, I try and put my expectations aside and just take the game at face value. Because if my expectations are really high, which if I'm going to pay money for a game, they probably are, then I can only force myself to be let down. And if my expectations are low, then I probably didn't pick up that game anyway, unless it was like a free-to-play game or something, then maybe I'll be pleasantly surprised. But you should just let your expectations go and then try out those games and see if they're good. So when Heisenthal says, you know, the expectation is too high for Half-Life 3, uh, while I understand what you're saying, I don't think that that's necessarily true. All right. Let's move on to our fifth and final main topic for today. And our fifth topic comes into us from Lucas99. They said, Bill, I hate third-party launchers. I think Valve should ban games that have them. Did you see that 2K Games patched all three Bioshock games, making them unplayable on Steam Deck? Thanks to a launcher. It is so frustrating. I bought Bioshock because you recommended it. I was having a blast with it, and then it gets patched, and now I can't play. What can Valve do about this? And you know what? I don't like uh, third-party launchers either. Valve banning third-party launchers would just... I mean, well, first off, let's, uh, let's look at why third-party launchers exist. They exist to advertise to you the other products that that company makes. So, for instance, when I launched Divinity Original Sin uh, 2, it might pop up a third-party launcher that says, hey, by the way, we got Baldur's Gate 3 coming. You want to pick that up too? Or maybe you missed out on the first Divinity Original Sin. So there's a reason why those things exist. And because they exist, it makes it really... Because it... Okay, the reason they exist is to help those companies make money. And anytime you can make money then the companies are going to be very motivated to use those things, which is why all of these companies try and shoehorn uh, third-party launchers into the games that we're playing. I agree that I don't like them, 
But first, let's just establish that there's a reason for them and they are effective. Because if they weren't effective, we wouldn't see that happening. So getting them to abandon third-party launchers is tough. And having Valve say, you just can't have your game. Like, all right, Cyberpunk 2077 has a launcher. You can't have that game on this platform because of your third-party launcher. Maybe uh, six, seven years ago, that would have worked. But now there's the Epic Games Store. There's another place where companies can put their games. And a lot of times the Epic Games Store gives a more favorable percentage, if I'm remembering correctly, they gave a more favorable percentage of the profit from the game to the developer. So Valve's already, I mean, they're the big dog, without a doubt, but they already have a little bit of shaky ground because of competition. I think competition is good. I don't really like the Epic Games Store, but I do like competition because competition keeps these companies honest. So Valve can't really say you can't bring your game here because guess what? The companies are the, you know, those companies are just going to say, you know what? Let's not, let's not put it on steam. Then we'll put it on the Epic game store instead. So that, that kind of thing there, I don't know if they should ban it, but I really don't like that this happened. And if you don't, if you guys don't know about this, essentially uh, 2k games put out a patch for Bioshock remastered one, two, and three. And all three of those games now have a launcher that did not exist before. And when you go to launch that launcher, it's like, do you agree to this or do you not agree with this? And like, there's nothing you can click on on the Steam Deck. It it doesn't work. Now, did they mean to do that? Obviously not. Will it get patched? I hope so. Is there a way around it? Yes. So what you have to do is basically hold down the Steam button and the B button in order to crash the game. Then when you launch it again, it's going to pop up this Bioshock.ini. It'll say Bioshock settings are out of date. Would you like to revert the in-game options to default settings? And then you're just going to tap on the yes button on your screen and it's going to work. And then you'll be able to play Bioshock. Does that make what they did okay? Absolutely not. But you can still play your game. But this is not a problem that Valve can solve by banning the offending publishers because these publishers they have plenty of other places where they can sell their game they can make their own store where they can sell their game and as as much as valve is the big dog valve needs these publishers almost as much as these publishers need valve so if valve did say ban bioshock from the store because of this uh this fender in chat's got this perfect. They said Valve doesn't want to alienate their customers or devs who post their games on the storefront. Yeah, if I want to play BioShock and I can't buy it from Valve, I'm going to be ticked off. I'm going to be like, "What? Now I got to go to the Epic Games Store? I didn't want to go to the Epic Games Store." Like they want to have the games that are available. So I can totally see why we don't like this, and I agree with you, but I don't know that there's anything that Valve can do about it. The only thing that we, the users, can do about it is complain to the companies and vote with your wallet. Now, it's a shame. In this case, Bioshock, you already paid money for Bioshock, and then they patched in a launcher afterwards, and that screwed up the way that you were playing. That is very bad, in my opinion, because you can't vote with your wallet at that point. So maybe 
you can vote with your wallet on future 2K, 2K games, but you like they've already got your money, which is where voting with your wallet doesn't really work. So anyway, I don't know if there's anything that can be done about this third-party launcher issue. All I know is that I don't like it just as much as you, but I also don't think that the solution is anything that Valve actually has the ability to do. Um, in chat, Heisenthal says... I think Valve tried banning games before, but now they basically allow everything. That's why there's a huge surge of adult content on there now. Um, let's see. Um, and we were talking about the the uh, the cut that Valve takes. Thirty uh, percent is industry standard, I believe. On um, on the Epic Game Store, it's fifteen uh, percent instead of thirty percent. So there's that's one of the reasons why it's more attractive over there. Um, uh, Captain Gid in chat says, I heard a rumor that there's a strong likelihood of Sony rolling out a launcher for all their PC stream titles. Yeah, and the reason why they might want to do that, uh, and I think I talked about this on Games with Bill, I think the reason that they want to do that is so that they can like track achievements across PC and your PlayStation 5. Do I want them to do that? No, because I think achievements are stupid and annoying, but that's that's okay because guess what? Not everything is about me. Um, Bad Samaritan says, personally, I don't even notice, uh, give notice to other game stores launchers if their platform doesn't add value. Um, and then finally, Hippopotamus says, Valve could put a carrot out them to play nice with Steam Deck, make sure that the deck experience is nice and get a different cut based on that. Absolutely. Uh, right now, Valve takes, and maybe I'm wrong about the raw numbers because I haven't looked at this in a really long time, but Valve takes 30%, which is industry standard. Maybe Valve could take a smaller cut just in order to get games to make sure that they target the Steam Deck. Is that going to work for games that patch things after the fact? Like I said earlier in the show, where a game is verified and then it stops working because of a patch? I don't know. That's a big difference when you talk about consoles where publishers when they up or developers when they update a game they have to resubmit that game on console and get it like quality quality check to make sure it doesn't break everything and on valve they don't have to do that because there isn't one set of hardware that everybody's targeting yes the steam deck exists but they don't have that one thing that everybody's targeting and valve already has um, well, at this point, they've got 5,000 verified and playable games. So that means that they only have 90% of the rest of the Steam library to go, right? Uh, so they can't exactly go back and recheck things that have already been verified, at least not right now. That's why it's important when you get that little thing that says, hey, we thought this was verified. Do you agree with that? Make sure that you respond to it. Anyway, uh, that is it for this episode of on deck thank you guys so much for hanging out and thank you to everybody in the live chat who who came to the show there's like almost 300 of you here you guys are awesome if i missed your comment as it flew by so fast i apologize there's just too much there's too much going on here but you guys are awesome thanks for watching thanks for listening and i hope that you all have an absolutely fantastic day i know that i will because i'm going to get up and go play some more divinity original sin 2 all right, that, that, that's it. Let's get out of here. You guys stay awesome. Bye-bye, everybody.